like pie, and I let that slide. So you don't like pie or cake? No, I'm not a big cake person. Not at all. But you like pie? Because you said you didn't like pie. I don't like pie either. Here's what... Okay. I don't like pie. Okay. for For the most part. There is something that's called... And I don't really consider this like a pie, but like a satin pie, chocolate satin pie. Sure, sure, sure. And I don't think that's as so a pie. So do you like a mud pie or a peanut butter? Like, like one of those? No, no. Like, I don't like. So what is it about the satin pie that gives it a pass? Because it's chocolate. It's basically chocolate mousse or a Right, right, right. Well, it's like on a mud top pie of, is like that On top too. of a cookie crust. Yeah, so it's like a mud pie too. Almost. Well, I don't know if I've ever tasted, eaten something that was called mud pie. It's not actual mud, Linus. No, I know, but I don't think I don't think anyone's ever served me right, right, mud right. pie. Right, right. So I right. can't say that I okay. like or dislike How about pecan. No, I don't like any type of fruit pie or vegetable pie or 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 nut pie. Okay, I was waiting for you to get to actual pecans. <laughs> Nothing. I don't like. How those. about pecan pie? No, I don't like mozzarella cheese. <laughs> All right, true enough. But no, I don't like them. I okay. Don't, but now cake, I'm not a big cake eater. Okay. Like, I don't like most birthday cakes because it's usually like a yellow cake. Sure, sure. With icing. I don't like it. Okay. And I don't like even yellow cake with chocolate icing. Okay. I like a... Now, is there a reason? Is it just a personal taste thing? Did, did something happen or... No, it, and it's, I shouldn't say... I think like is, a, is t- too strong a word because it's not that I don't find them you know they taste okay okay i just don't prefer them and therefore i you just, just don't like cake i just do without them All right, that's but fine. i like a good moist chocolate cake so like devil's food like devil's like food devil's cake food. yeah you, you know something i actually and, and this, this is no bullshit for two hours at my house once i had a party and everyone in the house, we argued about what was chocolate cake. So really? on the one side, okay. there was there was the group of us who who had sense and had a, an extensive <laughs> enough vocabulary that chocolate cake was the yellow cake with chocolate icing, and a cake that was actually the cake itself was chocolate mm-hmm. with a chocolate icing or a white icing mm-hmm. was devil's food cake okay two hours well i think i ride on the side of the people with no sense because i don't think that yellow cake with chocolate icing is should cho- be called chocolate cake it's chocolate cake so what's that called it's a, it's a chocolate iced cake yes it would roll so smoothly off the tongue <laughs> i don't know i guess i guess you call it chocolate i'm not cake. trying to pull you into a um <laughs> into a job that has been going on literally for 10 years with me and my friends because you know what else the, another front of this battle what do you think cup well of course you probably don't do cupcakes either I'm not a big cupcake eater. So there's one side of the argument that cupcakes should be their own distinct cake or pastry. And then there are some people that think that a cupcake is really just a miniature cake. Well, that is all it is. No. Sometimes you have cupcakes 
and the cupcake has a different consistency and a different thing. I mean, I'm not a baker, so I don't know, but it's a different, like, this is actually a cupcake pastry. Okay, yes. it As I, opposed to a miniature cake. No, I understand that, yet and still, it is still... For the most part, a miniature cake. I'm the, I don't ride on the side of calling it a mini- miniature cake. Right. I think that it should still be considered a cup cake. So and a cupcake so, should be a, its own separate thing okay, but if with its had, own identity and had, agency. If you had to pick a cupcake, you would want the cupcake to be made out of the same thing as a cake. It's just a smaller version. As opposed to a cupcake. Well, aren't they pretty much made out of the same thing? Dude, they I may be they I don't, may be different. I, I, I don't bake, I don't know how it works, but there's sometimes you taste a cupcake. Yes. And it's a different consistency. It's a different it's, consistency, it's a little but denser, I but something tells it's me little, it's the same ingredients. I mean, yeah, yeah, there may be different different dude, amounts it's the same of each. ingredients in lasagna and spaghetti, but it's too, I mean, I mean That's why it's all pasta. Right. But they're two different things. Yes, well, lasagna, they're in the same family, but they're two different things. But they are, di- but they are, but that is uh, lasagna wholly different look, because right, of the way they're cooked. Different, right? And, right, right. And, it's and, not like the cheese and stuff. Right. The, your, a better comparison would be like angel hair and spaghetti and spaghetti. Right. So, anyway, so no cakes. I'm not a big cake eater. Except a devil, a good moist a good devil's, devil's food. food cake. Now, that being said, my friend Charlene, one of my dearest friends, okay. makes a delicious pound cake mm. that is just heavenly. My wife I, makes a killer pound cake. You've actually now thrown down a gauntlet. I'm going to have to bring oh, really? a piece of my wife's pound cake. Please do, because I got some vanilla ice cream waiting for it. My wife makes the best pound cake of anybody I've ever met under the age of 60. That's saying something. Oh, I know what I said, and I know this is being recorded. Wow. The and, and best I, pound cake? And I got witnesses. See? Including some of the women I'm talking about who make a better pound cake than her over the age of 60. Mm. So it's only because they're over 60. And, and, and I mean, they're just better at it. Okay. Like they're just, but like my great grandmother used to make a pound cake that used to make. It's so funny because, like, in the South, the pound cake is is almost like. Like just a default cake, like you just go into people's houses and it's like half of a pound cake is just something right. you have tea and stuff. And my great grandmother used to make like a cake, you know, like a red velvet cake because red velvet cake it's just chocolate. No, well, but it gets tricky because it's the way you dye it. Very true. So, so red velvet cake is is that's that's one of the cakes or or like you know I don't know about the pineapple upside down cake. Ugh. Like those are show off cakes. Okay. So like we'd go down south once a year. And my great grandmother would make, you know, a show off cake. Okay. It would be dessert. Like she would make me oxtails and, you know, it'd be some ochre, like, like a, like the family has come home cake. But oftentimes you would go in her kitchen while she was doing stuff and it'd be like just a piece, it'd be like wrapped in foil on back, on the back of the stove. And it's like, you know, big mama, what was that? Oh, that's just a pound cake I made on Tuesday. It's like, well, while we're waiting, can I have a piece of that? She's like, yeah, sure. I don't care. Go ahead. And it would be like the best thing you've ever had in your entire life. And I know like two or three older women mm-hmm. that kind of throw together the best pound cake you've ever had in your entire life. Did you call your great grandma Big Mama? I call both of my great grandmothers Big Mama. 
Big Mom. Big Mom. Now, is that something that you called, or is that something that they asked that, to be that, called? That was the title that was told to me when I was old enough to talk. See, that's interesting. I always wonder about that. How right, right? And I told you, my father called on my father's side. He called his grandmother Madir. Like when we talked about Madir, Madir. That's how. Remember, we talked okay. about Madir and where right, Madir right, right. comes from. So my my father called my great grand. No, that's not true. My father called his mother Madir. Oh, really? And he called his grandmother Big Mama. Interesting. So then I also called her Big Mama. And then on my mother's side, my I never actually met my my grand my maternal grandmother. She mm-hmm. died when my mom was six. Okay. So all I ever knew was my mother's grandmother. Okay. And she called her Big Mama too. So I had two Big Mamas. Oh, I called my grand. I never knew my great grandmother. Mm-hmm. I called my grandmother my mother's mother i called her grandma and that's what everybody called her grandma and my dad's mother we called her mother everybody called her mother okay now it's interesting uh tawana my girlfriend she's a, a grandmother now okay and but she asked to be you know i guess when you're a certain age you don't want to be called like grand right i mean it's it's changed so much yeah cuz so she's right her grandson calls her tt sure sure cuz it seems like such an honorific yeah you know so i mean you know you look at those old pictures and i like like i always kind of do the math i look at these old pictures and like you know you know my parents were like like when they were my age mhm <sighs> You know, they had like college graduate age children, right? You know, I, got, I was just outside in the dirt with a two year old earlier today, almost two year old. So you know, it's 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 just different now. But yeah, yeah. So 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 you like a good pound cake, huh, Mister Webb? I like a very good pound cake only because I can eat it with vanilla ice cream. Sure, sure. Well, challenging. But as a but as a, as a whole, I truly love um, uh, cheesecake. I'm a cheesecake man. Okay. Okay, and, and you don't fold cheesecake under cake. No. Okay. Right. Hell no. No, I agree with you, but you have people. Do you know people that do that? I do. Who are these strange people that I you mean, hang out with? You know, just, no, this is a different, you know, this isn't necessarily yeah. the same group. Yeah, yeah you don't hang, yeah, I would not hang out would, with anyone. <laughs> like anybody who calls cheesecake, cheesecake a cake, cake, you can't really trust them. No. Right, right, right. Get out of my face. You ready to start the show? <laughs> Hello, welcome once again to another stop on the Michelle Mission, two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. I am your host, Vincent Williams of It's All Soul on GTownRadio.com, Wednesdays 8 to 10, and I'm joined as always. Yo, what's up? Holla at your boy. This is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble of Black Tribbles fame. And tonight, as we go into week two of our annual spooky ooky horror movie scary monstery movie month of october we are going to have the second part of of our first two episode sequel series so last week we looked at 1972's blackula and tonight we will be discussing blackula's sequel 
1973's Scream Blackula Scream. But before we do that, I believe we have some feedback, Mr. Webb. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. This may be uh, a first in the Michelle Mission history, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my goodness. Because we may not be able to get to all of the feedback. Oh, that's that we have had. fantastic. Um, before I, before we go into all of the feedback that everybody has uh, sent our way via email and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and, and, and places like that, I want to thank all of the good people, Leah Falk, and all of the great people at Rutgers University. Yes, yes. Who welcomed uh, Vince and I to be part of their What's Your Story Writers uh, Symposium. Yeah, oh yeah. That went on this past Saturday. Uh, it was so much fun. We actually got there. We did a presentation, Anatomy of a Podcast. Yes. Talking about how we built the Michelle Mission from from nuts to bolts, from the... from. From birth to where it is now. From the rooter to the tutor. Exactly. Uh, we met a lot of great people that are very interested, very passionate about getting into the podcasting yes, game. Yes, we did. And it was our pleasure to sit there and, and talk to them and kind of like stoke the fires of their passion. Yes. It was really cool. Um, including one person in particular, Sean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, who reached out to us via Twitter. Hey, what's up, Sean? He said that in the midst of our presentation, let's see if I can get to exactly where Sean wrote. I learned there's a word for my humor outside of work. Thanks, Mission Michelle. Uh, he tweeted us at Sean Brown 723 when you were talking about working blue. Working blue. And he sent us, he, he actually looked it up and saw that blue comedy That's is right. comedy that is off color, risque, indecent, or profane, largely about sex that contains profanity or sexual imagery that may shock or offend some audience members. And we call it the aristocrats. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, we do. So thank you, Sean. Yes. Yes. Thank you good for, to meet you too, Sean. You know, and, and please make or uh, stay in contact and let us know when you get your uh, podcast up and Absolutely. running. Absolutely. Can't wait to hear it. Um, we were actually <clears throat> that we were we gave our presentation, but there were a number of people that were given presentations. Were. Um, and actually, we um, we were very impressed by Lisa of the Philadelphia Young Playwrights. Yes project yes um oh my god lisa nelson i'm lisa nelson haynes yes lisa nelson haynes thank you yes thank you um who actually schooled me on how to get a good story across Uh, (laughs) she took me she took me to class real quick and i appreciated that lisa yes yes. thank you and after you left i finished the story yes i did finish the story to um W-H-Y-Y is uh, Paige, and I'm, I'm going to mispronounce her last name, uh, Flagler. It's a P-F. So I know the P is silent, so it's an F. But Paige is her name. We were calling her Paige all day. And I finished the story to Paige and to you, Vince. You sure did. Of exactly what happens to a fart on the space station. Not quite blue, Sean. <laughs> but he was working a little... Uh... 
A little risque. A little risque. A little risque. A little off color. Yes. And and just so that you know, ladies and gentlemen, I won't leave you hanging. If you do fart on an international space station oh, and it does escape the, your uh, suit, then it'll just hang there as a bubble, just bouncing around the space station, waiting for somebody to bump into it. Get a very uh That's why you have to get up and leave the house every morning. Because when you woke up this morning, whenever you're listening to this, I bet you didn't wake up and think... This is the day that I'll find out what happens to flatulence in orbit. You're welcome. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, we had fun at uh, Rutgers. Um, looking at our emails, the people emailing us at <clears throat> MichelleMission at gmail.com. We heard from Dorian Mythic. Hey, what's up, Dorian? What's going on? Uh, he sent us a link. Okay. Um, kind of like re- that reference back to our conversation that we had with him and uh, Simone on uh, the episode that we did with them. Okay. In regards to the Confederate series that's going to be on HBO. Okay. He sent he sent us a link to a, a, an article on shadowandact.com where HBO's uh, CEO actually uh, pointed out that they actually did make a mistake in the way that they um, rolled it out. Rolled out Confederate. Right, right, Richard right. Flipper, uh, Flepper, excuse me, spoke at Vanity Fair Summit and said, We screwed up in an important way. Um, the show's concept was about showing what we called the thin line, the thin veneer of civilization. That's what we were meant to explore. Where we screwed up was we tried to explain a complicated subject in a press release. In three paragraphs. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for that, Dorian. Well, as as always, we're, we're monitoring it. Yes, we're monitoring. We're monitoring. I, I think we, we talked about if if we have a mustard seed of faith, that's that's all. That's all Jesus requires. So. Now, Dorian does point out in his email is not that I trust it, but you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> right, right, right. You no, know, no, no. We're, we're gathering thought. We're gathering information. Exactly. We're gathering information. All right. Uh, he goes on to say. I'm not sure if I told you cats, but we, Dorian and Simone, yes, loved the episodes with us on it. It reflected the fun we had recording it. Tell Vince I tried to listen to a nice and smooth album <laughs> and skipped every song except two. I gotta be honest. <laughs> I see? gotta be honest. See? See? <laughs> see? I'm gonna just keep saying see. <laughs> the review of Truck Trunt of Truck Turner made me watch it. And damn, that joint was fun. Tops my guilty pleasure list for sure. Truck turn, that's good stuff. Also, Len, I had to correct you on a huge oversight during the 48 Hours episode. You said that Richard Pryor couldn't handle the acting that it took to pull the role off. To that, I say hogwash. Oh, no. Richard Pryor is the goat. I encourage you to check out Blue Collar or even Lady Sings the Blues to reference his acting chops. Lastly, check out the podcast The Come Up, The Come Up, excuse me, with actresses Cassandra Friedman and Margot Bingham. They are interested in doing an episode of the show too. Reach out to the ladies. They are hilarious and would make great guests. Looking forward to rocking with y'all cats again, Dorian. All right. Well, thank you, Dorian. And we will certainly follow up on that. We certainly will. And I actually did reach out absolutely uh, to them. Uh, and hopefully we can arrange something about being 
doing a joint show with the Come Up right, right, uh, right. podcast. Or, you know, we do a show with the Come Up and just hang out with Dorian and Simone. There you go. You know, it doesn't always have to be work. Like, I, we said this to them, too. Like, it doesn't always have to be. No, it doesn't. Well, you know. Now, I, I'm glad that he, he checked out Truck Turner. Yes. It is a guilty pleasure. Yes. His comments about Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor is the goat. Did you say Richard Pryor wasn't a good actor? I didn't say. I didn't. Well, I didn't. Say, I don't know if I said that he wasn't a good actor. Yeah, because I, I would have said something about that. I think I said, and I still, and I actually still. Okay, go ahead. Believe this. Go ahead. I think I said that I don't think that Richard Pryor could have pulled off the role in 48 hours mind you i know that 48 hours after they signed eddie murphy was massaged a little bit to right, play to right. 40 to no, i agree Murphy's with that strength i don't think that i don't think that richard could have pulled it off richard is the goat when it comes to comedians of all time and so, I, I think he's a solid actor and i think i don't think i don't and I think, I think when he wants, examples. I think when he wants to act, he's not a bad actor. And those are two good examples. Right, right. He's not bad. In, he's good in blue collar. Right. He's not, he's he's uh, memorable in Lady Sings the Blues. You know, I like him in Busting Loose. Uh, I haven't seen Busting Loose in yeah, a while. I like him in Busting so Loose. I would have to. I would have to. And I'm sure you. He was yeah. fine in that. Um, but I think that Richard, well, like to me, when Richard Pryor has to play slick. And super confident and right. super cool. Right. It doesn't come off as it does. It, it doesn't feel right. I, I now I agree with you. And you that's, know what I mean? that's sort of why I was. I kind of like. I I don't think you actually said it like that. Or if you said it like that, I didn't hear you mm-hmm. because I absolutely agree. Like I don't think Richard Pryor could have played Reggie Hammond. Yeah. The way Reggie Hammond is written in the script. Me neither. Now, like you said. After Eddie Murphy was signed, there was, you know, there was some massaging that happened. But, you know, it's like we said in the episode, there's and I've said it before, like I've said it two or three episodes now. Like, I don't think anyone is Eddie Murphy Mm -hmm. except Eddie Murphy. Yeah, exactly. And and there's so much about that torchy scene that, you know, the there's a new sheriff in town scene that is like you said, it's it's brash. Right. Um. I don't know how old Richard Pryor is off the top of my head, how old he was in 82, but I feel like he tracked older. So do I, I mean, he was definitely older than Eddie Murphy. Yeah. So I that's almost, another, that's I another felt point. Like he was too old. Like it had to be someone that had that sort of like the arrogance of youth. It's yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, cause, cause unless they recast all of the criminals, right. I think Richard Pryor would have, like you said, tracked as older than all of the people that right. were supposed to be, quote unquote, his partners. And part of the reason it doesn't work when he's older, like, you know, my argument is that part of what makes Reggie Hammond work so well is that people underestimate him. Yeah. And besides the fact that he's black, besides the fact that, you know, he kind of reads poor. Right. He's also young. Right. So that, yeah. <laughs> It would be an interesting movie. I don't know. Yeah. I don't see. I we got to do more Richard Pryor. Like what all this has made me realize is we've, have we done? I don't think we've done. I don't think we've done any Richard Pryor. We've seen him. Right. He was in Uptown Saturday Night. Yeah. But we haven't, we haven't actually covered a Richard Pryor film. No, we haven't. 
Okay, we'll have to rectify that. We certainly will. All right. We also heard from MC Picket Fence. All right. <laughs> on email. And then it's up about Buddy Cop movies. Yo, listening to the Black Ela episode today. Hey, the Lupita and Janelle Monet movie would be dope. Even if Lupita is funny, she could be the super serious one. They would absolutely have to have Angela Bassett as the captain of their police force. They could make Lupita so serious that she has to force that she has to force shrink played by Felicia Rashad or Queen Latifah. Oh, make her so serious that she has to go to the like to see the oh, force right, shrink. Right, 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 right. Who would be played by Felicia Rashad or Queen Latifah? That would be fantastic. I, I would definitely see. I Fel- love everything about that. I would say Felicia Rashad would play the shrink. Yeah. Um, that that's a that that's, that's that, not bad. That's not a bad Somebody casting. Call. Somebody call these people. That's not bad Get casting the right there. All right, let's cast. That's that's good casting. Now I would cast Queen Latifah against type as the villain. I think that would be good. as the bad guy. And I don't know. I don't think Queen Latifah has played a heavy since um, set it off. Set it off. Yeah, and even then, there are anti heroes in the movie. You're yeah, rooting yeah. for them. Yeah, but but she's you know clearly scary. Yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah. George Arterberry. Hey, what's Who up, I George? believe is Bison for Life on on um, okay. Hey, what's up, George? Twitter hit us up in regards to Blackula, gents. Another great episode. Thank you, sir. Why? We thank you, George. That. As someone who saw this as a seventeen-year-old in the theater, you may be looking too deep into it. It was a product of its time. TNA, so-so script, bare bones budget. Though not PC, today the funniest part of the film was the cop talking about the two ha- the two dead hairdressers. At the time, as you both know, there was a black film counterpart to popular films of the era. Sheba Baby, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Black, Black Shampoo, etc. Blackula was a quick money grab that was beneath William Marshall's tremendous talent, but it is film history and should be seen. Next, please review Blackenstein. Hmm. Mm. Blackenstein might be next year. Mm. Blackenstein might be next year. But thank you, George. We're going to keep a vampire motif this year. Yeah. Going to keep a vampire motif this year. Thank you, though. But thank you. Thank you to each and everyone who who emails us at Mission Michelle at, uh, at, excuse me, at Michelle Mission at gmail.com. And shout out to Dorian who I read um are you familiar with the the story Vince you may not be familiar with the story of Brian Banks it's kind of like a it's kind of got a sports bent of a story so you may not know it's a true story about an all-american high school football player who com- committed to USC okay um in his junior year but uh everything gets like turned upside down because in 2002 he was a uh, accused of rape Right, and then she recanted. She re- right, but not until he spent, uh, yeah, ten years yeah. in prison. I do remember and on parole. About this. Uh, it that actually is going to hit the that story is going to be made into a biopic. Oh, okay. And Dorian Missick, our friend, oh right, has joined uh, Aldous Hodge and Greg Kinnear. 
as a member of the cast. Very nice. Congratulations, Dorian. So that will see the light in 2018. All right. I'm really looking forward uh, to that. That will be a, excellent. Yeah, that'll be pretty dope. Because so shout out to to Dorian doing yes, big things, that's right? With his bad self. Hey, that's right. All right. We also heard on on Twitter. Speaking of of Twitter, let me find Twitter here. We also heard from Omar Dorsey. Hey, what's up, Omar? Omar Dorsey at Omar J Dorsey. You, you know, I gotta ask. I got because are, are you watching it? I haven't watched it yet. I know. Can I just tell you my Queen Sugar thing, and hopefully Omar is listening. It's at the point now where I almost can't watch it because I love all the characters. Like, I understand the nature of drama. Like, okay. there has to be conflict. Yes, yes, yes. But yes. it's like, it's like you know how, how like, if your tooth hurts mm-hmm. and it's sensitive and you don't want anything to touch it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know how you, you ever have a toothache and it's fine? Yeah. But if anything touches it, it hurts. Right. That's how my whole body is watching Queen Sugar now. Really? Because... Like, I love everybody so much, but I understand that, like, it can't just be an hour of everybody just kind of okay. Something's got to happen. Something's got to happen to somebody. Right. And it's... It's it, the second half of the second season. The second started, half right? of the second season just started uh, last week. Yeah, because they, they had, had a... The, they had the two-week, the two-episode um, premiere. Okay. And it's, you know... You picked up right where it left I, off. I just... Like, I just want like, hug everybody and say, don't nobody touch nobody. But I'm sorry. Go ahead. Omar, um, who actually ran, ran across um, my girlfriend, Tawana, they had a very special uh, event kicking off their second, the second half of their season premiere okay. up in New York. And Tawana and a couple of her, her girlfriends were actually um, lucky enough to get tickets and nice. go there and right. took pictures with the cast, including Very Omar, nice. who said that he is looking forward to coming back on our show. Please do. And he Thank also hit us up on Twitter and said the review of Driving Miss Daisy is the funniest hour and a half I have had in a while. You dudes are wild. <laughs> well, well, thank you. Thank you. Thank Very you. passionate about Driving Miss Daisy. Now, Omar lives in Atlanta. Yes, he does. So I'm putting it out there if Omar is listening. Yes. And, and Hopefully you don't know animals escape from the zoo. No, please. I, I have a funny feeling Omar is probably not going to a nice spread there. Right. Like if, if I think if Omar would uh, agree to maybe put us up for a couple of days, we how might be you, able to make the trip down to him. I'm going to ask somebody to stay at their house on the radio. Because I want to do I want to do a show with like Omar. It should be an email conversation. It probably should. But I want to do a show with, with Omar. But I want to do a show live because I've heard him when he's live on other podcasts and he's hilarious and he's he's dope on the phone. But I want to be there to just watch his right, big expressive right, face. Right, 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 you know right. what I mean? But he lives in L.A. and he lives in Atlanta. Right. We're right. not going to get to L.A. I mean, but I got a funny feeling we could get to Atlanta. Get to Atlanta. And especially if we could get to Atlanta, then there's actually a chance that if we can get to Atlanta and do a show with Omar, we may be able to do a series of show with the cast of Queen Sugar. And Omar may be able to make that happen. 
the, you know you would love I, that. I bit. would I would love I just So if if just Omar don't know what we're doing this one day. So if yes. Omar can, so yes. if Omar can, can make that happen are yes. you down? Yes. Cuz I need to put you on and, on tape saying yes, that you would be down. I would be down to making this but, happen. But Omar we can also stay in a hotel. We can stay in a hotel. <laughs> we can stay in a hotel. <laughs> but but we need to know that he, like, Omar he got that a he, wife? That he's yeah. down that down to make it happen. Get us on the wrong side of Mrs. Dorsey? Yes, yes, yes. On the wrong side of Mrs. Dorsey. You just invited yourself to her house. Dory and Simone can, can speak oh, up for us. They'll speak, y- yes, they'll... I would love this. This would be wonderful. It's wonderful to hear from you, Omar. Perhaps we can talk more offline. <laughs> I am enjoying your performance on Queen Sugar. I think you should take that job as foreman, but... I don't know, but watch that dude. Watch that dude who. Watch that little dude who okay, looks like Vince. you might be taking. Okay, you might be Vince. taking him under your wing. I don't trust him. Right. I don't trust him, Hollywood. Okay. Vince. All right, go ahead. All right. Ooh. Ooh. It's like this little dude. He start coming around Hollywood and talking to Hollywood, and I don't. I ain't like the look of him. All right. All right. Woosa. Yes. Woosa, Vince. Woosa. Um, uh, Vaz is um, Vaz can't see her. Her eyesight is blurry. It's all oh, very, what? It, it, it's what hey, she got man, hey man, it's all very. It's just all like I. It's just all. It just it's like Ralph Angel and the dog. They talking about getting married, but they going hey. It's all like poor Micah need to go see a therapist because <laughs> what happened with the police? It's like I'm just. They're putting you through it, Vince. They are. I, I see what they're doing. I don't know what happened with Charlie's mother and Ernest. And now they were married. I was like, so he was married to her? And then you know the other thing I'm trying to figure out? What? And I don't know if I'm not supposed to know it. Okay. Or if I just haven't paid enough attention so that I've figured it out. I need to know the birth children. The, I mean, the birth order of the children. You can't figure out who's older? I can't figure out the order. Like, I think Nova is the oldest. Right. But I don't know if Ralph Angel or Charlie is the middle child. I've always got the impression that Ralph Angel is the youngest. Which means that he had Charlie in between them, which I guess is the story they haven't told yet. Yeah. Okay. But for a long time, I thought Charlie was the baby. Really? Right. I thought I thought Ernest had had Nova. He had Ralph Angel, and then whatever happened, you know. Now we know he was married mm-hmm. to Charlie's mother, and then he had Charlie. But if Charlie's in the middle, that complicates it. Also, know. Julie Dash directed the first two episodes. Yes, I know that. I so, do know that. That's so you know, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I. I got triggered because I am. You, know, <laughs> you sure I, did, bro. I got, well, you know, it's, <laughs> you sure did. We talked about this when we talked. Queen Sugar puts me through changes. It I does. see. It, I, it, it I really see. does. I see. It's a lot. I see. Go ahead. Well, let's get on to something else. Yes. Um, a lot of people have been taken to our Michaud Mission group, Facebook group. Yes, and please join if you haven't. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I put up a poll. We mentioned it last week about who is your favorite black movie girlfriend. And I put up Nia Long, Sanai Lathan, and Regina King. Right. Um, uh, uh, excuse me. Uh, Sania Long, 
Nia Long, Sanai Lathan, and Taraji P. Henson. That's right. who I put up. And then the dark horse who's come out of nowhere is Regina King. Regina, oh, Regina King. Regina King, because you were going to say. I was going to say um, Regina Hall. Regina Hall. No, Regina King Regina has got a, a, King. more than a few uh, write in votes. Regina Hall's got, got her share yeah. as well. And but you know who else came up, uh, reared there, her lovely head? Lethal Weapon 2. No. Oh, who? Lisa Nicole Carson. Lisa Nicole Carson. Given birth on this poll by none other than the $6 million triple himself, Steve, Steve Tozen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like myself some Lisa um, Nicole Carson. Yeah. Who was actually, I, and I think I've mentioned it here before, she was um, in the New Edition miniseries. Yes, she was. Playing one of the mothers. Yes, and, she and, was. And it was nice to see that, you know, she's come through the other side of some um, stuff she was going um, through. I will, um, I was a big fan of Lisa Nicole Carson. A huge fan of Lisa. Yeah, <laughs> yes, sir. Me too. Um, she had another one. She sort of like, I mean, I understand she had personal issues and health issues, but I feel like she was like the female version of Leon. Like she was just too much. Like white Hollywood couldn't do anything with Lisa Nicole Carson. No, make it. No, they, they weren't ready. So. They weren't ready. Uh, Charmel Scipio took me took me to task for my list, oh. um, saying <laughs> saying that saying that this list wasn't written by a woman. Where's Gabby, Tracy, Regina Hall, Tiffany Haddish, Ugh, Lynn? <laughs> well, first of all, in regards to Tiffany Haddish, God bless her. I mean, she, but she, look. Let it, she got to pay some dues yeah, yeah. before she gets on a list next to Nia Long, Sanai Lathan, and Taraji P. Henson. Right. Or, never mind, Regina King. Right, right, right. So, and not for nothing. And I, I, I love Nia Long. I love Sanai Lathan. In my mind, Regina King yes. has made herself more of a leading woman. Than, oh, that's than either of the other two. That's that's an interesting read. I put Gabrielle Union in that too. No, I would put Gabrielle yeah. Union. I think Gabrielle Union is is, is definitely seen more yeah. as a leading woman, especially because you know, uh, uh, well, now because of uh, being Mary being Jane. Mary Jane. Um, but I think I, I, yeah, I think Regina King is like a leading. That's that's interesting. Woman, like she, like she is, like. Regina King is like who would have been like putting Angela Bassett on exactly. This list. Yeah, exactly. I see what you're They've played girlfriends, I see but they're not quite right, just right, the right, girl. Right. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. But but Charmel, the two men did put together this list. You're absolutely correct. You're right. <laughs> Start your own Facebook group, um, <laughs> or maybe we'll say you know the the boyfriend, well, the, the ultimate the, boyfriend. That'll be the next one. There you go. We'll in in time, Charmel. We'll do that this week. Jeez. Um, we also, I also put a, a question out there. When did you first come out as a geek, nerd, or yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, That was yeah, a yeah. question was from a last question. week. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of comments from them. We can't read them all. Uh, thank you, but uh, thank you, each and every one of you that uh, wrote to us. Though uh, Mike Zablinski said, "I was never in the closet when where my geekery was concerned. I always loved sci-fi and horror films, even as, even as a young child. But the first time I publicly embraced it was in the summer of 1980." Okay. The summer recreation program in my town was sponsoring a field trip to see The Empire Strikes Back. And after the movie, everyone, and I mean 
everyone, even the counselors, were coming to me and asking me what was going on and what the deal with Darth <laughs> Vader was. While I was never really experienced this kind of overt disdain other geeky children have, it was the first time I felt completely accepted among my peers, even if it was only for a moment. Right, right, right. In the right. spirit of full disclosure, I am on the record with the Black Tribbles as Django Tribble. So All it's right. not like I'm a total noob here. All right. One love. I, I got you. All I got right. you. Um, Star Wars, good time to come out. Amen. Ariel uh, 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 Glanville said that she came out as a kid in the 80s as well. Issa James said, I think when I found that sticky decorative paper in Pathmark and covered all of my Trapper Keepers with D- uh, Digimon and Sailor Moon. Okay. That, all right. That and wanting to be Captain Janeway in the first grade. Oh, that's beautiful. Representation matters. Amen. I, I still say Captain Janeway, the best Star Trek that, captain. That has been your argument. And and, and damn it, it is so. Um, we also, there's one last thing before we get into our review. I, I, know, I know we're going a little long here, Vince. Uh, so thank you for indulging me. <laughs> hey, man, it's my favorite part. It is fun when you go through this. Um, speaking of Steve Tozen, Steve Tozen joined the Facebook group. Yes. And he made the Facebook group immediately a great place. Not that it wasn't a great place already. It was a fun place. We're having a whole lot of fun. But the Facebook group quickly got 10 million times better. And that's mathematics. Amen. Because... Alara Tozen, oh. the ten billion dollar triple, oh. joined the I Facebook she was group. Ten million too? No, I she's it was ten the multi-million dollar triple. No, she's ten she's billion. Ten billion. All right. Well, there you go. So it, it just got better. Yes, it just got better up in here. And one last thing, I know, I promise. Hey. But one last thing, we uh, Michelle Mission fan Greg Sims Jr. Uh, send us a link. To yeah, a story that yeah. he wrote, which I thought was a really cool story about the four greatest moments in yeah. black film history. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You got two Sidney Poitier moments on there, too. I From the same movie. Yeah. At that. Uh, it was written on the Good the Good Men Project, mm-hmm. goodmenproject.com, back in 2014. We, we put a link to it in a Facebook group. Um, and these four movie scenes that change black films, American pop culture, and society. Number four was the opening credits to Shaft. Yeah. He said that Shaft strut. In 1971, the world got a look at a completely new kind of screen hero, black, sexy, and cool. And the opening scene of Shaft showed us that and more. Shaft's walk in the city was important because, one— he, here was a man of color walking with a purpose. Two, he was showcasing his male beauty in a way that Hollywood hadn't shown before, the afro, the leather coat. And three, he was tough. Watch him give someone the finger. Richard Roundtree is Shaft. In yeah. The, uh, opening credits. Obviously, we're holding Shaft back. We, oh, yes. We got Shaft and like a beautiful bottle up on the shelf. Yeah, he's coming, though. He, mm-hmm. I think it is, it's shaking. Mm-hmm. Number three was... They call me Mr. Tibbs. That's right. From the heat of the night. Five words that still give uh, people goosebumps. Yeah. Um, Then, but that is quickly topped by the best scene from In the Heat of the Night. Mm Mm-hmm. 
the slap heard around right. the world. That's right. When Sidney Poitier's Virgil Tubbs. Tibbs. Uh, tip. Tubbs. Tibbs. It's Tubbs. No, it's Virgil Tibbs. Okay, it's Tibbs. All right. Virgil Tibbs. Oh, you're right. Tibbs. Um, uh, uh, smacked. Yes, he did. Back. Yes, a white he man did. that smacked him. Quick aside. My father, Alabama, mm-hmm. grew up in Alabama, Louisiana. First time he saw this movie in the South, they edited that scene out. I know. They edited a whole lot of that. My movie. dad said he didn't know that. He, like, I think it was like 1981. Before he realized before that. Before he was... realized that happened. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, people don't realize how, how, not how, I mean, you knew prejudice and racism was, was rampant in the 60s. I mean, sure. you, you, all you had to do was go to the bathroom. Sure. You knew it. But you didn't know the levels to which, like it it it, it had filtered into society. It was pervasive. It was pervasive, yeah. like like a mug, and and that is the type of mentality and the type of society that we're fighting against now. Yeah, returning to yeah. heat of the night. I think um, I'm gonna just go ahead and say it. in my next two or three. Turns, I'm going to pick that. Oh yeah, that's yeah. good. That, so like we're, that that'll be coming up in the next couple of months. And his number one film, uh, 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 film film moment was my name is Reggie Hammond, Eddie Murphy's yeah. Uh, yeah. bar oh, yeah. scene from um, Forty Eight hours. hours. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. A I- seminal moment. I don't know if I put that over the the Sidney Poitier scene. You know. I don't know if I would, but I think it, it's sort of like like you said, oh, my favorite group is a tribe called Quest, and you meet somebody like, oh, well, my favorite group is Outcast, And it's like, you know, I don't agree with you, but I respect that choice. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no, there's you know, no no shade. Like, in, like in I res- that. like, that's a, I mean, you, I think you can make a, I mean, we, we kind of talked about it. Like, it's like before Reggie Hammond and after Reggie Hammond. Mm-hmm. Like the whole world changed right. after that scene, as far as Hollywood and pop culture. So you know, true. I, it's, I, it's I, you know, and I do think those those it's a big one. Those those scenes are did rock the foundation of Hollywood, especially you know the premiere, right? Um, uh, and and black culture. But strikingly, though, there's no black women in any of those scenes. Yeah. And I was trying to think of it, and there was two uh, prominent scenes of black women in movies that I that I think I'm not sure how how much they rock Hollywood in general, but I think they certainly have become pop culture lore, mm-hmm. um, it, black pop culture and just regular pop culture. Mm-hmm. And um, one is uh, Whoopi Goldberg. In, in the color purple. In the color purple. That's, that's the exact Until you do right by me. Right, right. Which, you know, I'm conflicted about color purple when we should do it. Because on the one hand, it's like, I almost feel like we should do it before 100. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, it's like, it's almost like shaft. Like, I almost want to hold off on it. Yeah. I think, I think the color purple is one of those films that you need to watch periodically 
because you forget how good it was mm-hmm. because it's become fodder for so many jokes and yeah and you know seal is home and, and you know then it let us come could be could be not like we've spent 30 years mm-hmm. man all my life i had to fight like all of us have color purple imitations yeah. and i think that scene is a perfect example because we go right to the until you do right by me part mm-hmm. but that's like the end of this really beautiful monologue very true where she talks about surviving well the whole scene like the whole scene yeah and i agree with you like i agree i think i think um well again i think we don't color purple is a that's that's a real deep experience like that whole situation oh, like yeah. the way we as black people dealt with it the way we as black men dealt with it yeah the way like you know steven spielberg directing it which i think was completely wrong and completely right mm-hmm. like so i think god damn it i think we need to do a color purple i think we do need it but i also think that uh color purple is uh worthy of being as opposed to just a review with the two of us and even just opposed to it being a review with the two of us and a guest, I think it really needs like a panel discussion. Like a panel with the color. Because it, it, it really, it, it lends like itself to really. almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But you're color purple. You know, I think Angela Bassett burning up old boys' clothes. That's the, that's the exact, but and, I didn't, uh, we didn't yeah, even plan this, yeah, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that was the exact yeah, other scene I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, her walking away. Walking away while I was burning up. <laughs> burning clothes. That's the exact and, other scene I was waiting to exhale. Yeah. Yes, you know. Yes, that's the exact other scene I was going to talk about. Yeah. yeah, I think I think that that's a, because that was a man. There was a whole lot of yeah. women was like coming out of the movie theaters, just like yes. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I think that that's that was a seminal moment. Yeah. Um. I, but but I wouldn't be surprised that there aren't others. Right. You know. Well, you know, I'm thinking you of. Know, unfortunately, we're the ones that compile these lists. Again, so, true. You know, so Charmel, yeah. So Charmel and all of our, our, our right, and, and right, all right. of our listeners, seminal moments. Let's, let's, let's hear your seminal moment in black film history. Call, like, what are the black woman? They call me Mister Tibbs. Yeah, yeah. Moments. Yeah, we've you given know. you two. Right, right. We've are there more? Two. Right. Angela, Angela probably stars in another one too. Probably from uh, What's Love Got to Do with What's It? What's Love Got to Do? Yeah. She fights back. Um, uh, Samuel Jackson. Yeah, yeah. And let's hear from you. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen. All uh, right. That's it. Um, <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you so this much. That's why you got joined the Facebook group, though. Yeah, because we just do this all week. But, <laughs> how about that? Oh, one other thing. We, we, we one little uh, show note that we need to mention. We have been doing a weekly yes. review of Star yes. Trek Discovery. Yes. I did. I did because I keep like... You haven't even said it yet. No, no, no. We are skipping... I don't even even want to say skipping this week because that kind of implies that it is absolutely going to be weekly. Right. But I do think that Star Trek Discovery, based on the third episode and rewatching the earlier episodes, Mm -hmm. is finding its footing. Okay. So that, you know, it's, it's like they keep saying that maybe this is a status quo being established mm-hmm. and then things change. Okay. And I almost feel like we should give it an episode maybe every other episode cuz next week's going to be Harry Mud. Okay. So you know, maybe next week we can kind of look back on where we are after cuz I said 3, but I think it's 
I think technically that was the fourth episode. That was the fourth that, episode, know? yes. So, you know, right after next week, it'll be five episodes, and we can look back on it in totality. Okay, so how about this, then? How about I... I and and again, with this, us, ladies this, and gentlemen. Is, this is my fault. This was Vince. This, this is, Vince. is Vince's call. This is Vince's call. It wasn't Lynn. No, no, no. So how about this? They're going to have to stop killing women of color, though. I know that. Mm. Mm. Preach. Like so, that sister who was, who was at the... Um, who was either a navigation... Oh Polly, yeah, the, the sister had the little shaved head. Yes, it had the little yeah. Little I forgot about knots. that. Yes, how you forget about her? Did, did, did they kill her? No, they didn't kill her. But I'm I, I want to oh, tell no, her, no. watch yourself, sister. Yeah, no, no, no. I don't think she's going right, anywhere. Right. I don't think you could actually track every time she was on the screen when I was watching it. Because I said, all right now, sister. Yeah. I see you. Yeah, she was cute. Um, so how about this? That was the fourth episode. Yeah, Harry Mudd's the fifth episode. Yeah, we'll review after the fifth episode. Yes. And then I think is it supposed to only be like ten, eight episodes or ten? I, I actually don't know. So that we'll, sounds right though. So we'll do the, do the fifth, and then we'll track how many more episodes there are, and, okay. and maybe we'll like all right. We'll, we'll do a couple good. of episodes. We'll get Harry Mud in there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So, all right. So no Star Trek Discovery no Star today, Trek Discovery. but you're gonna uh, an obese Michelle mission. And you know we talk about this week. You know, post something in the group. We we. Yeah, well, yeah. If you want to talk about right, it in the group, chop it up in the we'll group, chop yeah. it up in the group. Right. We're talking, we're talking with our missionaries all right, day, right, right, every right. day. All right, all right. Let's all right. get into scream, Blackula scream. Who dares touch these rotting bones? Who dares call forth the most horrible specter of the damned? Ah! Now he's back. Black Prince of Darkness, Blackula, recalled by the awesome powers of voodoo to stalk the earth in a new quest for blood. Blackula, Dracula's soul brother. Seething with hate, obsessed with vengeance, craving young bodies. Lusting for hot blood to create new victims for the legions of the undead. That gives you something of an edge over the rest. William Marshall, again, as the Lord of the Vampires, in a relentless search for Pam Grier. Of the exciting star of coffee. I need you! Now he is back. Ever more evil. Ever more fearful than ever before. legend of our time i'm going to read this directly from the imdb description because the plot of this film is something that you probably need to read directly from (laughs) something written after a dying voodoo queen chooses an adopted apprentice as her successor 
Her true heir is outraged. And by her true heir, it's her son. I wouldn't say it was her true heir because obviously he's not the true heir. Right. Because um, Lisa's the true heir. Seeking revenge, he, being her son, buys the bones of Blackula, the vampire, off of a dealer and uses voodoo to bring the vampire back to do his bidding. In turn, Blackula turns him into a vampire and makes him a slave. Meanwhile, a police officer with a large collection of African antiques, as police officers want to have. And an interest in the occult investigates the murders caused by Blackula and his vampire horde. Don Mitchell is Justin Carter, Pam Greer as Lisa, the voodoo queen, introducing Richard Lawson as Willis Daniels, the embittered son of the deceased voodoo queen. And in the title role, reprising Prince Mama Walde, better known as Blackula, the great William Marshall. Scream, Blackula, scream. Lynn, this was your choice. What say you about the continuation of the Blackula saga? They got something here. (laughs) They really do. Okay, Okay, all right. They have their fingers on something that could be great. We mentioned this in our review of Blackula, that there was so much material there that was ripe for exploration. Yes. And uh, truly picking at to and massaging to make a really, really good film. Okay. And they just made an okay film in Blackula. In Blackula, right. In Scream, Blackula, Scream... think they have I think they have an idea with the whole voodoo thing (laughs) I think they have an idea okay all right I mean you know because you're talking about it's a horror movie so you know you're going to and and black people African American you know black people have you know traditions and in um in voodoo but yeah, this this movie is like really this is really a, a, a stupid movie. Um I really I truly I really wanted to like okay, I see what they're going for, but oh I really don't. The movie the plot makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. I kept thinking that I had missed a part. <laughs> William Marshall, William Marshall, you can see that he is just, he is sweating buckets, just waiting to get off of screen so he can go home. Um, There is nothing good in this movie. Thomas Rosella obviously saw what was happening and said, no, I'm good. Y'all got this. <sighs> so, so in his place, we have uh, Don Mitchell. Oh my god! Playing the most listless. Oh my goodness, he's terrible. 
He's terrible. Doll. He's terrible. <laughs> I I have never seen a man in an afro look so uncool. <laughs> I was not aware that an afro could look uncool on someone. Yeah, yeah. He he Yeah. And you mean to tell me? Oh boy. He's got Pam Greer? Oh boy. I uh, yeah. He's got 1973's Pam Greer? Yeah, 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 yeah. Please. That's less believable than the vampire coven. There is no, there is nothing about this movie that it opens up on this voodoo scene where everybody looks like they're extras from good times standing around this woman I guess she's dying. I don't know. She looks like she's taking a nap to me. <laughs> Vince. You know what I love about the first scene? I love the fact that it opens on this like voodoo politics. Like the voodoo group politics. I love the fact that the filmmakers assume that this is just with some black and, and this kind of carries you the whole movie. Yes. That that the filmmakers just assume it's some black people doing voodoo. Right. And that the rest of us, even if we don't do voodoo, we kind of cool with it. We down with that. Like they treat they treat voodoo like um like Jehovah Witnesses. Exactly. Like I'm not a Jehovah Witness. I don't think you you, no. you and you weren't raised a Jehovah Witness. No, I wasn't. But like you know some Jehovah Witnesses. Yes, I do. Like everybody knows some Jehovah Witnesses, even if you weren't raised as Jehovah Witness. Right. So if somebody said, "Oh, I'm a Jehovah's Witness. We don't. I don't celebrate my birthday." You go, "Oh, all right." Yes. But I don't. I don't think voodoo works like that. Neither. Neither do I. Nor do I think that there's voodoo a there's a thriving <laughs> voodoo community. A thriving voodoo community in in, in uh, Los in, Angeles in Los Angeles in 1973. Right. Yeah. I, I I find that hard to believe. I yeah. I think I think you you thou dost protest too much. This I mean, there's not one part of this movie that works where the other move where blackula in its seriousness yeah was fun yeah i mean you know it was you know it was a three dollar movie but it was fun right people and people were 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 playing it straight i maintain it is it is and i hate to say black versions of but it's a black version of a hammer film exactly like if you look at a couple of those dracula movies you can almost line them up together. The difference is in that movie you had Blackula and you had Thomas Rosala. Yes. Who is playing a a, a worthy adversary. Right. He's a Van Helsing. Him. Yes. In this movie, you've got William Marshall, who I don't think is phoning it in in this one. I right. think he's I think he's trying to do something, but I think he realizes Y'all just giving me the same crap. All right, whatever. And after a certain point, he he checks out and he's just collecting the check. Right. And then he's he's got Don Mitchell listless. Yes. Pam Greer, not yet quite at the height of her powers. So and admittedly, 
not given a whole lot to do. It's a damn shame they wasted Pam Grier. Like so that. she's wasted in this film yeah. because she because she clearly has the, the it, it lights up the screen when she comes right. when she's on the scene. Right, right, right. Absolutely. You know, and I'm not just talking about her looks. I'm just talking about you know her presence, her, her magnetism is, is like there. Yeah, absolutely. But it's just totally wasted. Yeah, yeah. So meanwhile, you're left with in this movie. The only person you're paying attention to is the white guy, right? Which is Michael Conrad, right? Of famously from Hill Street Blues. That's where I know him from. Okay. Who is in a whole nother movie? Yeah. But God bless him, he's in a comedy. Yeah. So he's just having fun. Yeah. You know, I like Richard Lawson just generally. I like Richard Lawson just as one of those. Like one of those black actors who's like right between character actor and sort of black actor. Yeah. Like through the years. Yeah, but that's you know, what like, he would become. Like, right, like he never right. And this is his first role. And it shows. But it is I think you're right. I think they just sort of they just sort of threw stuff against the wall. Like I think the problem with this is that it's not really a Blackula movie. It's not. Like, like you, you know, I'm, you know, I try and, like, sometimes if, if I break it down by the toms, that helps me. Okay. This movie's about an hour and a half. I think it's, what, 136? Yep. They spend 10 minutes on this voodoo intrapolitics back and forth about who's going to run this voodoo sect. Yeah. And then Richard Lawson gets the bones, and he brings the bones back. Where the bones come from? You know what, Lynn? I, I was willing to let that go. I, look, who went up on the roof? Because the last we the saw of, of Blackley, he was up on a roof. You know what? I almost thought they were doing this almost as if the first movie didn't exist. Because you're saying, where did the bones go? I mean, I needed somebody. Like, I don't, like, you, jo- you joked about Thomas Rosella. But how come no one from the movie from one year ago shows up and says, you know, there is a precedent for this? I was waiting for that to happen. With these bodies showing up. You know, this whole thing where they're playing him as a mystery is right. ridiculous. So, but, but whatever. My whole concern about that is you spend 10 minutes on setting up this situation where we, this is about a power struggle in the voodoo sect. Right. Blackula comes back, turns Richard Lawson into a vampire. That whole plot vanishes. Yeah. Yeah. So you really just wasted 10 minutes of the movie. Right. Then they spend one solid half hour at a voodoo party. Well, it wasn't a voodoo party. Well, it was the party that the voodoo sect people had to look at the um, African art. The African art. I'm sorry. Adjusting I just like African. to call it a voodoo party because that makes it sound more interesting than it was. I don't think it, right. but I don't. Okay. It wasn't a voodoo party. It wasn't a voodoo party. It was just a regular party. It was just a regular like party. Voodoo people. Because the, the guy was going to donate his African art. Right, right. Which was, looked like stuff that they sell at First Fridays. Hey, man. On the street. I don't even mind that. But even that, they set that up, that this is this African yeah. art. It's got this connection to Mama Walde. You see the necklace. He says at one point, they ha- it looks like they have a v- Vanetta McGee's necklace. Mm-hmm. And he says, where's the matching one? And you think, oh, okay, this is a plot point that will be important later in the film. No. No, it's not. 
So then they spend a half hour at this party just sort of spinning their wheels. And did you dig? <laughs> did you dig? Did you dig in the midst of this everything happening at this party? At one point, the camera locks on an older white couple sitting yes. on the couch. Yes. yes, it's the old white couple sitting on the couch. That's how you know it's a happening party. <laughs> no, 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 no. If you look, all those scenes of 70s parties, is always some old white people there to show that it's a happening party. Like, it's all kinds of people at the party. Yeah, but the old white people, when you see them on the, on the, in the other movies, they're there and they're talking, they're drinking right, right, with right. people. These, these, they were just sitting on the sofa. Yeah, they look like, they were like, why are all these black people in my house? You thought maybe they had thrown it. See, that would have made it more interesting. It would have made it more yeah, interesting. it would have made it more interesting. But they just lock on them for like about a good, like, minute. And nothing comes up. And nothing comes up. And nothing comes up. I'm telling you, they throw that against the wall, you know, there's a, a scene or two where it looks like Richard Lawson's character who has been turned and then uh, then Blackula very haphazardly is turning people left and right. Because you remember in the first film, I think he turns, what, three people? Yeah. Like it's the two deal art dealers that open up the box. Right. The taxi driver who hits him. Yes. Runs over him with the car yes. and then he turns her. Does he turn anyone else? Yo, yes. Because he actually... Oh, oh, right. He turns the photographer. The, that's right. Right, when he kills her. And what that tells you is that every time in that, that's the difference. In that movie, in the first one, he has a motive. He has a motive. He's very Every deliberate. kill is deliberate. Right. And his motive also is because he sees Vanetta McGee. Right. And he wants to eat... That, that's the, the his wife resurrected. In this movie, the guy brings Blackula back to life because I think he thinks he's going to be able to control Blackula right. and sick Blackula on the voodoo people. Right, right. You know, like, why can't you just handle your own biz, dog? You know, like, but but then Blackula, just like you say, just, just goes willy-nilly, starts killing people. Right. There's no... When we when we last saw Blackula, he had killed himself. Yes, because he lost the his. The only reason the he, only wanted, reason to he wanted to yeah. still be here. So now he's brought back. He has no angst at all. They try to they try to drum up angst right in the end, like the last fifteen minutes. The last fifteen minutes, like oh my god, I need you, Pam Greer, as the voodoo queen, right, to excise me of this this thirst that I have. Well, you seem to be very fine with the right. thirst when you're going, oh, Kool-Aid, munching and sucking down on people left and right. Can, can, I, can, I, can I say a sentence out loud that I never thought I'd say and now I'm realizing I'm going to say it and I'm super happy that I get to say it. Go ahead. You ready? Scream Blackula Scream is actually an affront to the integrity of the character of Blackula. You're right. <laughs> and you know it because when Justin calls him Mama Waldy, he says, No, I'm Blackula. I'm Blackula. I'm Blackula. I'm Blackula. Yes, he does. You got a moment where he yells at some pimps and says that they have enslaved their sister what? and they are enslaved by copying their slave masters and you're like oh okay well maybe he's 
going to bring, like you said, it's easy said last week, he's bringing the sensibilities and his worldview because he's so old and he actually right. witnessed like, nope. <laughs> no, 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 we're not going to do that. We're just going to kill the two. Oh, but what I was going to say, you know, they made it seem like Richard Lawson was going to like turn the coven against him. Yeah. You know, so maybe there'd be a battle between them about 70s vampire coven supremacy. Right. No, 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 no not going to do that either. And then, you know, again, the last 15 minutes you say, oh, yeah, by the way, can you kill me so I don't have to do this anymore. Mind you, when they set up the whole voodoo politics thing in the beginning of the movie. Yes. Right? Remember The Bride of Frankenstein? Yes. The, the movie is called The Bride of Frankenstein. Right. You don't see the bride till like the last five minutes of the movie. Right, right, right. So if this is Scream, Blackula Scream, and they got this whole voodoo thing going on, it, it would have been false advertising. But if your story is that strong, go with the whole voodoo thing. Show this dude not being able to get back what he thinks is rightfully his from from uh, Pam Greer, right. Lisa. Right. Show that struggle and then him having out of last resort go to Blackula and that, you know. But actually do it. Like, actually flesh it out. Yeah, flesh the thing out. You know, believe it or not, folks, it's surprisingly difficult to run down details on the making of Scream Blackula Scream. But I really did want to see the development. Yeah. Like, to see if maybe this was a script for something else. Yeah. And they kind of put Scream Blackula Scream in. I mean, you know, to kind of... You know, to get funding, or mm-hmm. or you, you know, we have this one script, and but if we get Blackula in here, let's just make it a Blackula. Yeah, I don't think they worked that way with black films. I think they just like they probably wrote this as they went along. Yeah, the movie is shot in maybe four different locations, and, that, and that's yeah. being very kind. Yeah, yeah the, the the budget constraints are very apparent. It's very apparent. As a matter of fact, so much so that uh, Roger Ebert, in his review, giving the film one. One and a half stars out of four. He wrote that the uh, Scream Blackula Scream shows some evidence of having been made in a hurry with limited funds, poor lighting, and a sometimes confusing plot. However, he says that despite these flaws, he praised Wilbur Marshall, uh, William Marshall, for bringing a terrifying dignity to yeah. his role while Greer has a spirit and enthusiasm that's refreshing. Yes. Yeah. Pam is she's she's going for it. I mean, she's doing the best she can, but 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 she is surprisingly forgettable in this film. Yeah. And really. surprisingly passive. Yes. And just sort of there, which again, I'm not sure how you pull that off with Pam Greer, but somehow they managed to do it. Well, in their defense, while she is a name, she um, she isn't Pam Greer. I mean, it's the same year as Coffee, though. Yeah, but you don't know which came out first. And no, then... I'm just saying it's not like she's. It's not documentation that at this moment she had the chops or at least the charisma, right, to be someone. To well, she certainly it. had more charisma than anybody else in this film besides William Marshall. Right. You know who I did like though, Gloria the Vampire. There's a scene where there's a woman, I think it's Richard Lawson's character's girlfriend. Oh, girlfriend, yeah. Yeah, and she basically 
Oh yes, uh, Pam Grier under her thrall. Yes, and tells her to come to her. Yeah, and I said, all right, now this works a little bit. That was interesting. But you know, it's like what a three minute scene. That's also a great entrance scene for Blackula. Like Blackula has these great entrances. Yeah, in the in the movie because he just shows up. You, you know, he's sort of like we. <laughs> here you go. Here's two movies that we can put together. It's sort of like in Stormy Weather how we talked about every scene with Lena Horne. Like, the scene never started with Lena Horne in the scene. Right. She always made an entrance. Yes. That's how Blackula is. Yes. In the, and, you know, that part, they nail. Yeah. Like, you should never start a scene with Mama Waldy there. He right. should always bust in. Right. And it should be thunder. I wonder how much of that was them just trying to coax him out of his dressing room. I mean, hey, man. It hey. It's a real shame. I was an Othello. He was an Othello. Yeah, it's, but the check cleared. So yeah, please, you can you know. please report to the set. And uh, don't forget your teeth. It's a shame that they made this. Like it's a shame that this. You say it's a shame they made it. It's a shame that they made Scream Blackula Scream. Like right. I think this is something else. And I, you know, I said it last week that this film is a hoot. And you know, I like I can see there are parts of this that that you know, if I was younger and I was watching it with some friends, and you know, is more entertaining mm-hmm. than Blackula, which you know, I think you think so because I actually don't think this is more entertaining than Blackula. I, I think Blackula is a better. Film. I think you have more. No, I understand. I think you have more of the black exploitation feel to Scream Blackula Scream. See, see, I hear you on that, and then maybe there's a little bit of that, but I think that the acting is so subpar. Yes, and the the production is so subpar. The script is so confusing that even those little nuances that you're speaking about. Don't make for a fun experience fun. watching it. I can see, yeah. I mean, you know, like I did. I had there was n- there was no joy. Well, I've had more fun watching this than Blackula again because I think Blackula is an actual film, right? Like it's an actual movie that you know you can't just. I don't know. Okay, like I, you can watch it. I yeah, you can watch it. This yeah, doesn't this, need to be watched. Yeah, this is not fun, and it's a shame. It's it's like I said. It's a shame that they even made it. It is a shame that because I wish Blackula could stand, just stand on its own. On its own, because because it's out there, you're you're moved to want to see it. And when you look for Blackula on Blu-ray and on on DVD, well, often now, times, yeah, it's put, they have both of them together. Yeah, so you got no choice, right? That's and tis a shame. It is. You know what thing I did like, and I meant to mention this last week. Oh, I bet it's one of. I like the opening credits to both of these films. There's uh, a real Saul Bass feel to them. Now. That I thought was really cool. I was glad you said that. This, the, the opening credits to Scream, Lack of the Scream, aren't bad. But they tried to redo what they did in, right. in, in Blackula. The opening credits to Blackula, that's banging. Yes. I mean, that's banging musically the, the the graphics are are pretty on point for for that 1972 that open that opening credit like it's the best thing of that film again i don't say this lightly i actually thought it was Saul bass like i actually yeah. went and looked it up and i said god damn Saul bass was doing black exploitation stuff i mean it's not no it's not but it looks that good yeah it is it it it, it 
It really is. Yeah. Uh, it's good. Yeah, I'm glad you did point that out. Mm-hmm. I, I meant to point that out last, last week, week too. Right, I forgot right. about that. Because it, it, it really, when you watch that in Blackula and, and those credits open, I was like, I might be in for something. Right, it right. sets you up. It, 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 then you, and these aren't bad. Like I like the opening credits to Scream Black. No, they're not bad. Yeah, it's just it's just not as good as not as good as on Black. Again, nothing in it is as good. It's not. There's nothing in it as it doesn't develop Mama Waldy's story any. Like it's almost they barely acknowledge the first scene, the first film. Like they show. Do do they acknowledge? They only acknowledge that he was dead. Well, they show the one quick flashback where Dracula names him Blackula. Yeah, but that's him. Right, right. That's, but there's no reference to the events. The movie. In yeah, the that's just, that's referencing right. how he became Blackula. Right, which, you know, again, I mean, besides getting the money to produce and finance this thing, why even have Blackula in it? Yeah. Like, why not just, you know, you could have just made, a, a, I mean, you could have made a vampire movie, frankly. Mm-hmm. And not had, you know, because, you know, I think you could have made something interesting with somebody who was... Beverly Hills Vampire. Well, you know... The thing almost writes itself. Richard Lawson's character feels like he was was passed over for what is rightfully his. Right. He goes right. and raises this vampire. The vampire turns him, mm-hmm. and then he thinks that he should be in charge of this as well. Yeah. And you get this parallel between them. But, you know, for that, somebody would have had to have spent three hours writing the script. Yeah, and that wasn't going to happen. Um... I got nothing else about this. Yeah, I think we've covered it. I think I, we I have. I think we've covered it. Like, you know, again, it's a shame. You know, you look at William Marshall's filmography, and until he's the king of cartoons. And Pee Wee Herman. And Pee Wee Herman, he doesn't do a lot of work. Now, here's something interesting that I didn't, I missed last week. He had gotten bl- um, blacklisted a little bit. Uh, when? So that explains some of it. When in the fifties, in the fifties, he got uh, caught oh, up for communism. He got caught up in the communist scare. Oh man! So you know that's part of it. But so we are not recommending Scream Blackula Scream. No, and I know that there are people out there that that uh, when I put up the flyer that we were going to be do- reviewing this movie, they were very ecstatic. And, yeah, um, well, it's a great title. Looking forward to it, um, and God bless you. Go with God. With your love <laughs> of Scream, Blackula Scream. Um, but don't bring me with you, and I will stop you from taking anyone else with you. <laughs> it's, it's a real shame. It's a real shame. It was a real missed opportunity. Again, Blackula, different title. Yeah. It's worthy of a remake. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. It's worthy of. It's got to be remake. percolating somewhere. I don't know. I think that title keeps people. No, 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 no. I mean, not the title, but but just the story. The story. You, you know, think? it's a reimagining, if you will. I would, you would think so, but yeah, I would have thought so. it would have been done by now. Well, you know, these things take time. No, no, we'll see. All right, ladies and gentlemen, right. uh, before we let you know uh, what is coming your way next week, we invite you to hit us up, give us your feedback, email us at Mission at gmail.com. Like and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Michelle Mission or Mission Michelle. Join our Facebook group. Get in on the conversation with all your fellow missionaries at the Michelle Mission on Facebook. We're having a whole lot of fun where we're going, I'll post. Our question for um, uh, this show 
is tell us your seminal uh, black film history moment featuring black women. Yes. Your, they call me Mr. Tibbs. Yes. Your, my name is Reggie Hammond. Yes. Your slap that was heard around the world. Yes. Let us know what you got. All right, Vince, um, it's your turn. It is my turn. October 28th, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be at Amalgam Comics and Coffee House screening Vampire in Brooklyn with Eddie Murphy and Angela Bassett. Yes. Admission is just a cape. Just wear a cape. Admission is a cape. We're going to be screening. uh, The doors open at uh, 8.45. Doors open at 8.45. The screening starts at 9 p.m. We're going to have refreshments for you October 28th at the Malcolm Comics and Coffee House. Just wear a cape and come watch come Vampire, watch in Brooklyn Vampire in Brooklyn with us. But as we continue with our month of vampires. Yes, yes, because we will review a Vampire in Brooklyn the week, the, the, the yes. day before we actually show it. So I was thinking I needed a vampire movie. Mm. And, you know, we did Ganjin Hess last we did. year. Yes, we did. And I almost wanted to do the Spike Lee Reimagine. Speaking of reimagining, oh yeah, the sweet, the sweet blood of Jesus. Yeah, but I want to hold off on that as well. We're not going to do that. So then I thought, what is another great black vampire film? Which also on our march to one hundred. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to use seminal films, right? So technically, this isn't a black vampire film. Okay, it's almost a black hybrid vampire a vampire or man who has all the attributes of a Mm. vampire but is able to walk in the day oh is he he is indeed next week on the michelle mission we are doing blade nice nice i like blade man i do like blade man I will enjoy watching this movie for the 20th time. Some blankety blankety's always got to ski uphill. Mm. <laughs> oh, that's a great movie. That's a great movie. So next week we are doing Blade. Oh, yes, we are. Yes, we are, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, we are. Blade. Wesley Snipes. Be quiet. Um, all right, so that's coming your way next week on the Michelle Mission, ladies all and gentlemen. Right. Uh, he's Vince. I'm Len. In parting, we say we'll see you when it's time to meet again. It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again.